Welcome back, everyone, to Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two best friends do deep dives into romance novels, decide what works for us and what doesn't, lift each other up, and invite you along for the journey. Today's Patreon shout-out goes out to Jenny N. Jenny, you are a descendant of the fates, the three sisters who use their prowess in the textile arts to tell the future of mortals. Like these three, you're talented with fabric, expressing yourself with piecework. You can take a collection of what others would call nothing and turn it into a gorgeous work of art that keeps people as warm as your personality, aura, and heart. In short, positively toasty. You've also taken your ancestors' cold talent for premonition and turned it on its head by shaping the future of anyone who encounters you with your vast wisdom and bottomless empathy. You might untether people, but instead of cutting their life cords, you cut the leashes, keeping them bound to their own sense of limits, insecurity, and to the voices in their heads telling them that they can't. You're truly inspiring. And with that, let's finish up our discussion of Susan Elizabeth Phillips' Match Me If You Can. Buckle up, guys, because once again, this was a bit of a hate read. Hi, Erin. Hello, (laughs) Melody. How are you? Doing okay. Doing good. Are you hanging in there? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, it's one of those things. HB's, there was a a small earthquake in Anchorage, Alaska this uh, week. I don't know. From pictures, it looks like a pretty massive earthquake. It's a hu- it was a huge earthquake. No one died, which is nice. There weren't oh, wow. any significant buildings lost. One? That's great. No, but a lot of people got you know jostled up. A few houses slid off their foundations. Oh my gosh, we lost some stuff, but nothing you know significant. Yeah. It's just it's it's one of those things. Our house was completely fine if you don't count like some candles and vinegars and stuff. Okay. But like you're looking around and like other people got, you know, so it's hard to not, I mean, our lights didn't even go out. So we were totally fine. Um, And we were under a boil order and stuff. And there was a time where the city was going to shut off the water. So I filled up the bathtubs. And that's pretty much the extent of the situation for me. Meanwhile, you look at pictures of like the Anchorage Library. Oh, God. Yeah. Poor oh, HB Karen my God. has to reshelve like a hundred thousand books in the uh, Eagle River Library. It is uh, so many books. Yeah. I can't even imagine the the work ahead of her in that situation. Yeah. I had to, I had to reshelve several books as well. Oh, did you? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would say uh, 10 to 20 books. I had to reshelf. My gosh. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. Well, and I think we were messaging this week at one point, and you were like, I keep having to reshelf them because the aftershocks. (laughs) We we had probably 20, I mean, we had probably thousands of aftershocks, but like maybe 20 to 30 or so that you could feel. I took cover maybe two or three times in the course of the last couple days. We had a lot overnight. So I would like put all my shit away and then it would just fall off again. Right. Sucked. Yeah. Yeah. No, it just feels like you're Sisyphus. I feel like an idiot complaining about that. Like I put my book back on the shelf and my (laughs) book kept falling off. (laughs) People have like actual problems, but. Right. Right. Yeah. That photo of the car on the 
island in There's the so middle of, of a sinkhole that used to be the road. There are if a few. If you had been five feet to the left or right, that uh-huh. car would be in the giant yeah. sinkhole. Yeah. Like, what the fuck do you call that? Fissure. I, 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 I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. There's a Jeez. geologist in the in the cult we should That's probably just screaming. ask. Yeah. Just screaming yeah. at us right now in her car. Yeah. Wow. It seems to look a lot worse than it was. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. We put up the Christmas tree today. Um, be damned. Like, I, wow. I hope there isn't another <laughs> aftershock. That's bold, Aaron. But I was like, oh, we got to put it up. I mean, what are we going to... I don't know. I yeah, haven't, we haven't had an after, aftershock all day. So. As of this recording. So, mm-hmm. gosh, we better. We have no well, time like, left. You need to have maximum Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> what, I do what not. Do you want to have minimum <laughs> Christmas? No. Yeah, usually. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I want I want a metric fuck ton of wonderful food and mm-hmm. um, a few gifts. The nice thing, the nice thing about being due right around Christmas and having a partner who's like Mr. Planner mm-hmm. is that he's just been giving me my presents as soon as they arrive. So, Ooh. yeah, like a while ago, he did this Kickstarter for the Plexus Plus. It's like this back thing because, you know, I have like I'm always looking for a new back massager or stretcher or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so he kickstarted this thing hoping that it would come in by like November. It came in mid-October mm-hmm. and he was like, happy Christmas super early. And I was like, oh, shit. So That's I've like been... the first early Kickstarter in the history of time. I know, right? It's amazing. I've got Kickstarters that I've ordered like three years ago for I know. Christmas. They and still I'm like still waiting on. Yeah. I know. And then um, the other day he got me a really sweet, comfy labor and delivery dress thing so it's got like velcro in the front and then Mm -hmm. it's got snaps so i can get my tits out real easily (laughs) you know you know those labor and delivery ladies gross they like some easy access no it's gross (laughs) and then um no man aaron I mean, I know the vaginas gross you out, but tits have never grossed you out until you thought they about do. a when baby. They do labor and delivery tits. Gross. <laughs> and then um, I asked for a shark steam mop mm-hmm. because yes, I used amazing. mine today. Ayo. before putting the tree up. Yeah. Well, Michael, of course, did a Google or a several mm-hmm. Googles, and mm-hmm. he found out that there's a brand that people like better, I guess, on the no. internet. So Mm-mm. he got me that one. That came in They're today. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, you won't have used the shark steam mop to compare it to. You'll probably <laughs> love yours, but just know that's a little worse than what I've got Ooh. going on over here. Yeah. Ooh. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. So I've just been, it's been perpetual Christmas over here and it's been awesome for me. Awesome. Yeah. It's been really nice. And I haven't had to do any work. I've not hung <laughs> an ornament. I have not that's struck great. a light. It's that's so great. nice. I it know. just Christmas just happened for you. It's just around keeps you. happening. Yeah, it's wonderful. I know. Uh, I have some housekeeping to yeah, say. Tell me everything. This may be premature, and maybe episode two of Match Me If You Can is not the right place to say this. But I've wanted <laughs> to say it for a long time, so we'll repeat this. Okay, listen, HBs. Okay, many of you in the cult, around on the Instagram, a lot of you are writers of books. Yeah, and are self-publishing your own books. Okay. Right. We would love nothing more than to talk about those books on the podcast. However, yeah, we're not going to because we're worried. We're worried about it. 
we don't want to talk about one of you and not another one of you. Or what if we yeah. read your book and we don't like it? We don't want to not like your book and have to tell people we don't like it. That's yeah, awful. That's, that's my biggest thing. It's just like, I am going to be honest. And if mm-hmm. an, if my honest opinion shits on a, a new, like a fledgling writer or a self-published yeah. writer, somebody who hu- who's hustling, like, I yeah. just do not want to be put in that situation. I don't situation. want any part of it because the next person mm-hmm. might love that book, you know? Yeah. And, like, and I don't want that person to not buy that book from the yeah. hustling young writer because yeah. I didn't like it. I mean, that's silly. So yeah. we're not going to talk about your book on the podcast or like right. shout it out because we don't want to show favoritism and we don't want to not like it. And we're, we're just icked out by the it's whole thing. It's just a whole thing. But if you want to advertise on the podcast, you can. Oh, yeah. So if you are a writer and you want us to talk about your book on the podcast in an advertisement sort of way, we just want you to know that we are open for business. And that if you're an HB who we know is an HB because you've been around. Yeah. You know, I don't want the I don't want the geriatric friendship cult to become something that people join to get discounts on advertising. That's not where I'm going with this. Right. But if we know you because you've like been around, we, we might throw you a little discount. So yes. Yeah, absolutely. Hit us up for advertising. Yeah, we want to do everything we can to help out. We just, yes. we can't review your book. Yeah, I just, it makes me queasy. So if you send us an email so being nervous. like, hey, would you mind reviewing my book? And we didn't send you an email back. It's not because we don't like you. It's just because right. we don't do that. But if you want to do an advertisement thing where it's like a business deal, we're happy to do that. Right. And please okay. rest assured that I have probably had an upset tummy about it for a good three mm-hmm. days after you sent the email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Like, I just don't like it. And and that is not to make you feel bad at all. Mm-hmm. That is merely to say that we want to do anything in our power. We just have to limit our power because right. of yes. all those reasons. Because, like, even within the group, it's like, I'll, uh, I'll see, like, one person post that they're publishing their book. Yeah. And they get like a hundred comments and like everybody's like, and then like the next person will post and they won't get very many comments at all. And it's just arbitrary. It just happens to be like what time of the day or whatever or what picture or what, you know, and I'm just like, I want her to get the same number of comments that the other person got. And it it just, yeah, I can't be a part of that. It stresses me out way too much. Same. And I I don't have enough time to devote to social media to like constantly stalk the group in order to... (laughs) make that happen i just can't do it yeah so yeah so yeah send us an email if you really really want us to talk about your book on the podcast send us an email and we'll we'll talk about advertising yes so i think that's the only solution okay all right cool all right cool so we've got i mean talking about shitting on books yeah but i listen guys i think the sep is a good writer me too i'm reading this book and i believe her writing is good there are times where i get sucked into this thing but then I get sucked right out by some choices she's making. So I don't sure. know that I would shit on every Susan Elizabeth Phillips book. I just no. don't like this one. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's what at last, last episode I was like, I think this was a probably not the greatest book for me personally to right, start right. with in her mm-hmm. vast repertoire. Yeah. Because I just, you know, it's a little it's a little triggering in a, in a lot of ways. <laughs> and I I seriously doubt that she's staying up at night worrying that the Heaving Bosoms podcast did not like the sixth book in her um, Chicago Star series. Yeah, I I'm feel confident. like she's laughing all the way to the bank. So That's right. So we're okay. Phillips, you keep being the beautiful unicorn that you are. And we will yeah. be over here just not super liking this one book. 
That's fine. <laughs> she and Jude Devereaux can cry in their beer about <laughs> us not liking their books. I'm sorry. I feel like they're white wine spritzer kind of ladies. Yeah, fair. I feel or, like or it's really, just the, really the classy crying your beer. You're right. It's it's white wine spritzers that they're crying into. <laughs> okay. All right. We're on what chapter 12, twelve of Match Me If You Can mm-hmm. by Susan Elizabeth Phillips. Yeah. And our Annabelle and Heath are about to go. To, did we set up that they're going to go to the camping Pretty ground sure. place? Honestly, okay. I'm not. I don't know. They're going Basically, camping. he wants to get in with Phoebe, who owns one of the, the sports ball Stars. teams. Yep. The, the sports ball team right. that's the major thing in this. Yep. And he did her dirty. And, he, and since Annabelle was invited to this camping trip for her book club with all her friends, which includes Phoebe and all of the sports ballers that they're all married to, at least five of them, because this is book six. That's the one. Yep. He wants to go with Annabelle. So they're going to go out to the campground. Yeah, he has strong armed his way into this trip. And he has a very specific script for her to follow. Mm -hmm. He wants her to tell everyone that he can't focus on all the wonderful women she's setting him up with because He's just working so hard, and so he needs some R&R, and he needs uh-huh. to learn how to let loose. And uh-huh. she's been very, like, just not talking to anyone about it, which right. he doesn't like. So he gets them a private jet from a client. He spends the whole flight not talking to her, and mm-hmm. it really is just titillating, really, the amount mm-hmm. that they just don't speak. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he just spends so much time on the phone. Really, though, he's told everyone that he's going to actually be involved and not be on his phone and not working. And so mm-hmm. he's he's trying to get in his eight hours before they get there initially. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, all right, yeah. this, this is them leaving for the trip, guys. Quote, a flirty bronze top set off tiny amber eardrops, a Christmas gift from Kate. She'd gotten her split ends trimmed, and for once her hair wasn't giving her trouble. Heath wore another of his expensive polo shirts, this one moss green, along with stone-colored chinos and loafers. Isn't that two people that you really want to read about getting it on? Oh, God. Like, They're going to bone in, in... Her bronze top and his chinos and loafers. Like, ooh, isn't that just the sexiest couple you've ever heard of? Yeah. She trimmed her split ends for this, you guys. No, but more than that, he paid at least $120 for a $40 polo. So he is <laughs> making it. Right. So he makes her drive out to this countryside campground, and then he nags her driving the whole way. He's like, you drive. And then he's like, you drive like a bitch. Like, And it's like not even... Oh, so first of all, I did love that she immediately clapped back and she was like, now I kind of see why you want a wife because you just want a semi-intellectual blow-up doll who can do menial tasks for you. Right. That's what you want. Great. But yeah, his comment is the speed limit is 55 and you're barely doing 60. Yeah. On like a windy country road, Heath. Yeah. What? Like he just needed an excuse to be an asshole to her. He did. And he didn't even have one. So he made one up. He's so good at it. Okay. So they get there. One of her friends owns this like sprawling. It's not even we shouldn't say camping and it's not even glamping. It's like cabins with all the amenities it's like it's like rich people summer camp but for adults right and they go into the room he of course wants the nice bed she's like no this was my trip and you're mm-hmm. the interloper here and he's go like Annabelle. oh yeah yeah i know totally 
And he's like, well, you know what? Actually, it's been so long since I slept outside. Because remember, he is Mm -hmm. leather portfolio, except when he's a can of Bud Light. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he does that up real good. He pulls a mattress out onto the porch, which I actually really liked. And then, um, yeah, they get together with all the ladies. There's like five couples. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, what's going on with you and Yeah. So she has this conversation with the women where they're basically like, Heath is terrible. He's a really yeah. mean person. <laughs> and if you fall in love with him, we're not about it. And she's like, nah, I'm not falling in love with him. They're like, well, we've noticed you looking at him and you seem to be into it. And all of her inner monologue is also indicating that she's like very, very sexually attracted to him at the yes. very least. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's kind of started at this point. Like yes. both of them start thinking about each other sexually at that like children's party and then it kind of goes from there and that's all good like SEP does a good job of making me understand that they are into each other like right for most of this trip to the campground I was reading this a couple days ago or whatever because remember guys I didn't read the whole book I read half the book for the first one and then I read the other half the book for the (laughs) second one I was like oh I'm gonna surprise Melody because I'm into this book now I'm into these two I like them okay I'm ready for them to get together like wow from wind song camp song on that was yeah wind song whatever campground I'm I'm into it and then there was a limit to that and then (laughs) it ended for me but anyway (laughs) this beginning part I'm like oh okay I like these guys now I'm coming around on this book also, we learned that Gwen, who she set him up with as a subterfuge that very first date, Gwen is a member of this book club. She just uh-huh. couldn't make it. Because she's A, visibly pregnant, and B, yeah. closing on a house. Yeah. So, like, she's like, like hey, guys, no one mentioned Gwen or he'll know yeah. that I lied to him. Yeah. Oh, my God. And everybody's like, he's going to flip his shit when he finds out that you conned him. And she's like, I know, I know, I know. So he must not find out. People are literally worried for her safety because they know that he's like, he's a scary guy when he gets mad. That's not a good sign, Annabelle. The nice thing, Erin, is that she has time to get away because of how long it takes him to uncoil from a seated position into Mm -hmm. an upright position. (laughs) It takes a while. <laughs> That's true. That is okay. true. So they do a lot of gender segregated activities. Like the dudes have one book and it's all about hiking and mountaineering or something as an allegory, probably for success. Mm-hmm. And then the ladies have their own book, which or own books, I guess. I think it's like, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And at night, they're supposed to be going back to this cabin where they just have it to themselves. Mm-hmm. So Phoebe, like at a couple of times throughout this whole thing, she'll barely talk to Heath except to be like, hey, you need to not fuck around with this lady because right. she's a good one. And right. you need to, like, not be a total douche nozzle. Right. And he's like, that's ah, really not my nature, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> so they have this night where they're all together. They have dinner or whatever. They all start drinking and dancing on the beach. Oh, can I really quick? Yes. I think it's right before this happens. Mm-hmm. I think that you would call me a squishy person, right? Yes. Yep. I'm pretty squishy. You're a sentimental gal. I I can be, most assuredly. However, there was a moment in this book that gave me a full body shudder. Yes. And that is when all the ladies are standing there. I imagine them like on a deck and the, the their dudes are by the lake off in the distance or something. Most mm-hmm. of them are shirtless. And they do that thing where somebody's like, oh, wow, he's really good looking. 
Oh, but yeah. I'm going to keep my man. Oh, and God. Like, yeah. It's the another worst. one is like, ooh, look at that, like, muscly with this blah, blah, blah. And oh, yeah, he's mine. And like, and then the next one comes up and she's got to get a piece of it, too. So the third one's like, uh-huh. except look at the one I married. Like, oh, I God. cannot in a million gazillion years <laughs> imagine standing around with you looking at Michael and David and being like, look at that hot hunk of man that I get to put my legs around all the no. time for the rest no. of my life. Oh, my like, God. I just got physically ill imagining you. that situation. <laughs> it's so weird the one that stuck out to me though was like the one single one because there's still single women left in this book series was like couldn't you just let me borrow a couple of them for the night can you imagine saying that to one of your female friends would you just let me borrow your husband for a night what no that's not something you say that's a weird thing to say yeah yeah it's a weird thing to say and i am the one who's like Anybody should be monogamish if they want to. Like, it's mm-hmm. still a weird thing to say. Yeah. I, Even if we were both not monogamous with yeah. our partners, yeah, it would still be weird to be like, hey, can I borrow your husband? Like, I just, woof, that's gross. Yeah. I would be like, no, he's not a screwdriver. Yes. <laughs> like, first of right. all. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. Okay. That was so my... they have this thing. They're all dancing on the beach. Ooh, yeah, they're dancing. There's kind of a weird discussion on like she got moves because she took classes, which is like they're all fast songs. So I don't know what she took some kind of hip hop class or something. I don't know. Yeah. But the song that they like fall in love to is "Hey Ya" by Outkast. So I don't know what <laughs> class she took to have some moves, but uh, yeah, okay. Um, then she makes this comment where she's like, "Okay, so they're into each other." Yeah, and they're now. and they're dancing together. Yes, and her like boobs graze up against his chest. Of course, and, like they're just you know starting to notice they're into it, and they've had a couple drinks, and you know had a few they're drinks, about it I'd now. Say. Yeah, and she says something to the effect of, "I'm really glad that." Drinking gives you the excuse to do things that you wouldn't normally do. And then the next day you can be just like, haha, I was so drunk. And she's like, so maybe yeah. I could get with him and pretend I was really drunk. And then the next day just be like, oh my God, what a mistake. Never let me have tequila again. Am I right? Yeah. Which I feel like is a, a thought that you have when you are 20. Yep. But not a thought that you have when you're 30. Because yep. my whole reaction to that was like, Hey, Annabelle, how about you grow the fuck up? Mm-hmm. I didn't like that at all for Why the maturity of her character. Yeah. And be honest with yourself and honest with mm-hmm. everyone else. How about that? Yeah. yeah. Not to mention that when you're 30, it's not even a good excuse. Like, I can, no. I can see a 19, it's 20, 22 year old. Yeah, but, but I do understand being to the point where you have not experienced alcohol enough that you honestly don't know what your limits are. Mm-hmm. And so it's much more believable to be like, oh, I don't remember what happened last night because I had three drinks after I should have stopped. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas when you're 30, you should know by now when you have to be like, ah, I, I got to well, stop now or I don't know. It's less for me uh, a thing about binge drinking and more like pre-planning the idea of like not being not being to that level, but having in your head, like, I'll just pretend I'm at that level to justify my terrible yeah. choices. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Which is a manipulative thing that I can kind of forgive in a very immature person who's yes. immature because of their age. 
And I cannot forgive an, an immature person who's immature just because they refuse to grow up and they're right. 30 years old and a professional woman in the world. Yeah, I guess my bigger point was just if you, Aaron, were like, yes, wow, I was so drunk. And so I did that. I would be like, hi, don't believe you. So <laughs> fair. <laughs> I think you just wanted to kiss him. And that yeah. is something that's okay. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like, I just don't believe you. So anyway, that's her whole strategy. Yeah. And then they get back in the room together and he's like, oh, I don't want to go to my bed because I'm too wired and I need somebody to talk to. And like, he's kind of playing a situation where he can like yeah. stay in a room for a little longer. And she's and uses she's this as a mechanism. Out loud. Yeah. I'm so drunk. It's clear that it's sarcastic. Like yeah. she's meeting his eyes and like blink like yeah. winking yeah. and being like i'm so drunk you understand uh-huh. that i'm very very drunk and i cannot be held accountable for what i'm about to do yeah drunkenly to you and i felt like that was cute that was i cute. liked yes. that banter because she wasn't actually too drunk yes. and like it was just kind of a mechanism in the conversation between the two of them i have the problem where she would like actually use it as a well like, yeah where you know. her inner monologue is just like this is a great idea yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> But I like it as a cute joke between the two of them. I don't like it as an actual excuse. But it was, I thought, very, very cute. And so she's like, all right, just so we're clear, I'm super duper drunk. And that's that's why I'm okay with this. And and he's like, yeah, Yeah. I got it. I'm reading you loud and clear, honey. (laughs) And then they go in for a smooch. And it is Uh a good smooch. And then she pushes back and she's like, nope, I can't do it. I'm sorry. If only I actually were drunk. Um, But I'm not. And this was a big mistake. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I really liked I really liked that moment with her. And I really liked that he was like, wow, all of that sucks so hard. And yet, Mm -hmm. okay. Um, I mean, don't worry. He gets super manipulative afterwards. But um, (laughs) in that moment, all was good. So he's like, well, I know that I'm not tired. I know that you're not tired. And I know that if we stay in this cramped space, like things are going to happen. So we got to go for a walk. Right. So and they go for like, a walk. Yeah. She's like, oh, fine. And he, he does sales on her. And he's like, yeah. listen, this is true, correct? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, how about this, right? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah, physical attraction, baseline human instinct, you know, and he gets her on the yes train with all these answers. And he's like, all right, then we should, this is fine. This is 100% okay. And like goes in for another smooch. And then she's like, wait a minute, you just pythed on me. I've been sales to did and you need to back off. There's I, a snake I in was, her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> her, up all up in her kundalini. <laughs> yeah, and but but then she gets super pissed. Yeah, uh, which I didn't super understand, but Ooh. I was fine with. Um, like he, it wasn't. I shouldn't say he got manipulative because he didn't. Um, no, I think he's I just, just don't like. I him. think he. <laughs> yeah, I think he's just trying to get her to smooch him. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But she thinks he's very manipulative, um, yes. and she goes to bed angry um the next day there's some stuff with some kids i don't care don't care he's cute with kids i guess don't care i herbs it i herbs it all not really yeah okay i don't know i herbs it so i assumed he was cute with kids in there <laughs> it was like blah 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 kid stuff no no he, what what happened that was not cute honestly i've wiped it from my brain okay so okay, i'm gonna be honest right. with you here's my yes. here's my honest thing that happened this week uh-huh aaron didn't read the whole book last week yes this week i could not force myself to reread the second half i couldn't do it <laughs> i couldn't 
there right. was too much and I wasn't going to put myself through it. I'm already physically uncomfortable enough at 36 weeks pregnant. I just couldn't. <laughs> okay. HBs, so. listen up. Guess what? For the first time ever, maybe like third time ever, <laughs> guess who's in the driver's seat? Aaron. So we herbed <laughs> all the kid <laughs> shit. Yes. Just know there's kids at this campground. He was cute. One of the kids starts calling him Pwins. P-W-I-N-Z. And every time I saw that word on a page, I herbs Skipped my way it. right through that because I That's hate it. Right. I hate it when kids talking, woof, 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 talk, and I hate it. I cannot. Yeah. So yeah. shit happened with kids. I don't know what it was. <laughs> All right, moving on. So he talks to Phoebe, the uh, the owner of the sports team, and tries to kind of get in there a little bit by complimenting her on her good kid who's cute. And Phoebe says basically like, Hey, listen, I can tell that you're using Annabelle to get yeah. to me, and that's not fair. And I don't like it. <laughs> and I don't like it at all. So whatever past we have where you were a slimy slime bucket and stabbed me in the back, that's whatever. But stop using my friend to get to me. And he gets all pissed about that, I think, because it's true. Right. Yeah. It definitely strikes a chord with him. So then that night, everybody gets to dinner and everyone starts talking about Annabelle and her sex life. And so everybody's like, hey, what's oh. going on with Dean? Yep. The um the the football Dean player. Robillard. Robillard that you oh. went to the beach with. If you HBs recall, he she went to the beach with a uh, a sexy young football player. Yep. It was kind of a they're like buddies now. He he wants her to like hang around so that women aren't like always coming up to him and she just kind of likes hanging out with him, but there's there's nothing there. He's like 10 no. years younger than her. Uh, everybody at the table is like, hey, what do we hear about you dating him? And she's like, oh, I don't know. He might ask me out again. I'm not sure. She's just kind of playing it. And then they turn to her being in a shell and her not having sex with anyone since Rob, who, yeah. if you will recall, is now Rosemary. Yep. And <clears throat> this is part of the this is one of the places <sighs> where shit is just gross. So I didn't even understand this. So somebody is talking, Dan or Kevin, one of these previous heroes in one of the other uh, Chicago Stars books is talking about like, Oh my gosh, I used to play golf with Rob. Who would have thought that he would yeah. turn into a lady, like, sort of thing? And being like, he was such a man. You guys, aren't you all surprised? And everybody's like, yeah, I'm so surprised. Then they go into this thing about his duck swing, which I did not understand. A duck swing? So I didn't understand what it was. So I uh, texted my uh, golfer friend, Cole. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I said, what's a duck swing? And he said that it was a bad golf swing. So there's this joke that's like, hey, you guys remember his duck swing? Yeah, I remember his duck swing. And then they all kind of like laugh and smile and crack up. Oh, that must have been the lady part of him. Is that what's going on? I don't know. I don't know. So Molly, one of the women there says, what are you guys laughing at? And then it says Kevin shook his head, quote, no sex change operation in the world is going to fix a duck hook. Oh, duck hook. That's what it is. Duck hook. Okay. Is going to fix a duck hook like that, end quote. And I'm like, are they talking about his penis? Is that what's going on? Uh -huh. They're talking about a penis? I don't get it. Like, are they saying it was big yeah. or that after a sex change operation that she wouldn't be able to golf? Like, I don't, I didn't get it. So I took a picture of the page and I sent it to Cole and he's like, I don't get it either. Like, okay. This is not a golf. He's like, I guess they're talking about his penis, but it's a dumb joke and I can't figure it out. Huh. So bottom line here, they're definitely making fun of Rosemary for being transgendered in like uh -huh. a golf way, but even a golfer does not understand it. 
it's definitely gross. I'm just not sure in what way that it's gross. Because I don't get the joke. Yeah. But whatever the joke is, it's at her expense for sure. And it's about sex change operations for sure. So so it's gross somehow. I just don't, I'm not educated enough on. I would say golf, but it's like I consulted a golfer. I don't get what this is. Yeah, totally. Anyway, you can edit this. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. It was just, I just, I didn't understand the content of the joke either. I just knew that it was a a joke at her expense. And so yeah. I was just like, I just I'm knew done. it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I wanted this. to understand it because I wanted to specifically be like, I consulted a golfer and they're talking yeah. about a penis here, but even he was like, I have no idea what they're doing, but it's clearly gross. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to say something that I think is also out of character. And I think we might be on different sides of the, the coin on this one. The next thing that happens is fucking weird. Yeah. It's yes? so super weird. Wait, why okay. would you think that I would think it was normal? Because, Back in, I don't know, Virgin Diaries or whatever we read, you were like, no, it's, it's, well, I've watched. Okay, listen, there are, (laughs) God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Okay. Yeah, I just, we can cut this out. It is never okay. All right. I'll just put, I'll put this down. It is never okay to watch porn with your friends for personal enjoyment. It is sometimes okay to watch a clip of porn with your friends to be like what is that oh that that is what okay that is the that is the line i'm drawing so these women get together together in a room to watch a full-length women's erotica movie right i think that's weird what they did in the virgin romance novel they watched a whole porn together while snuggling erin but the tone of it was not Hey, let's watch the... Yeah, I think that's weird. I do. I'm sorry. She was... Her back was right up against his scrotum. She was laying in between his legs. His arms were wrapped around her with a (laughs) laptop on her lap. That is weird if you're not fucking the person that you are... In but full both body those people contact wanted with. to have sex with each other. And the, the yeah. context of that was very like, you don't know what sex things are, so I'm going to help you figure this out. We're going to watch this in like an educational way where I can be like, that is a penis. That is what it looks like. Here's how you touch it. <laughs> this is just like, hey, ladies, you want to get together and watch porn? And the context that where I think it's okay, again, I don't necessarily think either of these are okay, but I think that the Virgin Romance novel is more okay than this. But I do think it's okay to be like, hey, check out this weird clip. What is this? Is this a thing? Yeah, 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 totally. And I think in like, I mean, and I'm, uh, I don't, I know you're not using it in this way. So I want to make sure everyone knows that. We're mm-hmm. not saying that if you have done this, you are not okay. No. We're just saying that I our just personal boundaries yeah, I personally, like, that's I my am, boundary. Yeah, I'm never going to be like, hey, Aaron and four other friends, not only should we like swoon over our men folk together, but then just a little while later, let's watch a bunch of naked people go at it to, what did she say? To like, yeah, to awaken our sexuality. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And I'm like, why do you have to do that as a group together? What? Yeah, just send everybody the link. Talk about it later. Yeah. yeah. For Book me, the only way shit. to do that is like to just watch something and then talk about like, is that exactly what we do every week? Exactly <laughs> what we do every week. You're so right. Yes. 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 So, and I think a lot of people would draw the line before doing even what we do. <laughs> I think I think you're right. I yes. think you're probably right. So anyway, they 
watch a porn together and it, and, it's, and it's not even like a porn it's apparently like a soft core mostly bad acting kind yeah, of like situation. those movies that used to be on oxygen late at night yes yes <laughs> like not even skinamax no and then they all go back and everybody's like "Ooh, i gotta go see my husband yeah everyone's and, real turned on yeah and poor janine the only other single one there just has to like i guess go home and masturbate i don't know you know what she did better than Annabelle. She, oh boy, howdy. At least Janine got off. So Annabelle goes back to the cottage and uh, what's his name is there? The hero of this story. Uh-huh. And uh, she is, she's like, well, I got to go to bed like immediately. She's like red. She's weird. She's looking she's at him flustered. weird. Yeah. He's laying there with no shirt on. She's checking out his abs. She's just not okay because she's so horned up from this movie. And then (laughs) he's like, I need to, you guys did something weird. I can tell something's weird about you. And so he picks up the phone to call some of the women. And she's like, no, 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 fine, fine, fine. We watched porn. And he's like, (laughs) you guys watched porn. She's like, well, whatever, I'm going to bed. And she goes into the fridge and grabs what she believes to be a soda. It turns out to be mustard. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, why do you have mustard? And she's like, it's a sleep aid. Very few people know that. And like, <laughs> that is really. He cute. just keeps kind of like hitting on her, and he's like, well, uh, how do you do the mustard? Do you eat it or do you apply it? Because I could help you apply it if that's the right, way right. you have to use it. <laughs> anyway, so it's just a very cute bantery evening. Uh huh. He tells her that he's got a good size ego, but the way that she rejected him last night was pretty, dr- pretty traumatic. Yeah. So she goes to go into her bedroom and she uh-huh. tries to walk past him and then he just reaches out and kind of touches her arm. Yeah. And then it was the nearest on. brush of his finger, a simple parting gesture, but he'd found bare skin and that yep. was enough to make her stop in her tracks. I loved it. I was like, yes. I was like, I was all at this moment. I am all about this book. Like, I'm ready to text you and be like, I was wrong. Book is magic. Best book ever. (laughs) Well, you know what? I actually, why don't we tell everyone that is the strategy? Either herbs, the first half of the book, come in at chapter 12 and you'll like them. Or read the first 12 chapters, take a little break, and then come back to it. Because I didn't... I didn't find a lot of simmering between them before chapter 12. Right. There wasn't a lot of buildup that I felt like I needed to contribute to the reading of chapter 12. Yeah. Okay, so then they're going to get together. They're they're stripping down. They're on the porch. He goes he in and turns her out. against him, feasted on her mouth, ran his hands yeah. down the contours of her back, and she let him, just as she mm-hmm. had last night, ignoring the fact that this was the Super Bowl of bad ideas. Ignoring all of the reasons why she shouldn't live every moment of this one night and deal with the consequences tomorrow. Mm -hmm. They're on the porch. They're naked. He runs in. He turns out all the lights in the house so that they can have sex on the mattress in the porch. It's awesome. He is like, listen, I'm pretty sure since I haven't had sex in a long time, since I've been training for marriage, quote unquote, that this is going to go fast. So, and she even like stops him. She's like, Hey, I need more kissing. Hey, I need, I need more everything. Like this is not enough foreplay for me. So gross. And so he's like, all right, I will make you a deal. I need to do this quick right now. Oh. And then after I'm done, I'm going to give you the night of your life. Basically. I think he even says, he says, I'll go too fast for you. That's a given. Uh And I apologize in advance. 
And uh, somehow she gives a soft gasp of pleasure when Mm -hmm. he touched the warm, wet flesh. But it's been a long time for me. And what might in reality only take a few minutes, if that, her toes curled, will seem like years to me. His voice grew ragged. So here's what I'm going to suggest. Let's accept the fact that I can't satisfy you the first time. That takes the pressure off both of us. Does it, Heath? Does it take well, the pressure says, off of both once of Once I've us? released the first burst of steam, I'll have all the time in the world to do the job right. And you, Tinkerbell, that's his nickname for her, you'll have a night you'll never forget. So she agrees to this because she's like, oh, okay, you're going to get off and then you're going to circle back around and do this again. Here's my thing. Mm-hmm. If a person knows that, because my, okay. This is such a disgustingly cis, mediocre male way of viewing sex. That's like, Mm -hmm. there is a one way to do sex. And that is, my penis goes in. I remove it a little. I put it back in. I remove it a little. (laughs) Like, that is the only way that one can have sex. And so I'm going to be fast the first time. How about you give her some more kissing, you fucker? How about you play with her nipples a little bit? How about, I don't know, you put her mouth on her vulva? Maybe you could (laughs) find her clitoris. Just, like, look for it a tiny bit. I don't know. What the fuck? If you know that you are going to get off and she's not, and that is, like, the negotiation you're starting from, get out of my bed. Fuck you. (laughs) That is not how this works around here. Mm -hmm. My head exploded at this moment. I could not handle it, especially since we. Oh, my God. Go ahead, Erin. You you go ahead. I here's the thing. I understand where you're coming from. What I always think of is that there's there's an Amy Schumer stand up special where she Uh is talking about a sexual encounter with a man where she says, um, he immediately like we were kissing and then he immediately started going down on me because he was raised right. <laughs> and like, yes! I'm just like, you were not raised right. But anyway, here's the thing. I get I get I reading this. I was like, this is how Melody is going to be mad that he didn't take care of her first and then do whatever it need, he needed to do. But what made me mad was not only that, but mostly that he does the thing that he says that he's going to do. And then he just fucks off. He doesn't circle back around. Exactly. So then, he was like, oh, no, oh. I, I'm not ready again. I'm not able to be <gasps> hard again. And he's like, so I don't, you know, I'm just going to sleep. And it's like, what is wrong, Art? What is wrong with all the other parts of you? Uh-huh. Is your mouth broken? Wait, let me let me just read this for you. Okay. She was dazed, determined not to think, not yet. It didn't happen for me, she said. Mm-hmm. He propped himself up on one elbow and gazed into her lying eyes. I didn't understand this either because I honestly can't remember whose perspective. Was she supposed to have had an orgasm? But yeah, like, she, it fades to black. She says that she like arches her back and gives herself up to it or something like that. Was right. that supposed to have been an orgasm? I honestly don't know. And then she lies to him? Yeah. Because she does do yes. a fair amount of lying to him after this. She Maybe does a fair that's a lot it. of lying to herself and everyone. I can kind of see her, the author saying that she did have an orgasm and then she tells him she didn't. But either Maybe. way, he thinks she didn't. So he needs to take care of that. Yeah. And so he goes, I hate to say this, but um, I told you so. And she goes, you were right as usual. Crinkles formed at the corner of his eyes and he 
pressed a quick kiss to her lips. Let this be a lesson. He pulled himself up. I'm going to need a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And she says, once again, you don't need a few minutes. You just need to find her clitoris with your hand (laughs) or mouth or goddamn cheekbone. Like something. He just falls asleep. He doesn't do anything in a few minutes. He just goes to bed. He returned a few minutes later with a beer. Yeah. And then he, ah, it's not going to, oh, no, 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 that's not true. He says, it's not going to take me quite as long to recover as I thought. Mm -hmm. And then that was the last thing either of them said for a very long time. Finally, he fell asleep. That was supposed to be round two. Yeah. Oh, well, okay, then, okay, I'm not mad, but I did miss round two. No, I'm still livid. <laughs> livid. <laughs> I'm not mad anymore, but I am a little mad that we didn't, there's no on-the-page orgasm for her. No! At all. Anyway, so this fucking mediocre cis white male gets what he wants, again. I probably read that sentence 50 times, and every time <laughs> I thought, because I, I went back several times, I'm like, what? What, ha- what? Did they not get together the second time as promised? Yeah, I'm like, this couldn't have yeah. happened in reality. I'm like, yeah, that's about right. But in romance novel, I'm like, no, 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 no. You promised. I kept reading that as an awkward silence. Oh, oh, yeah. I never thought there was a round two. Interesting. I mean, there's definitely gray area here, and mm-hmm. I need things to be black and white, right? In this context, yes. Like, I need you to show me and tell me. Mm-hmm. And uh, anything else you'd like to do, frankly. But I need show and tell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, so then she leaves his bed and she goes back to her bed to spend the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. And she's like crying because she has fallen in love with him. And she's the do- she like she's berating herself for falling in love with him, which like, yeah, Annabelle, you're a dummy. He's mm-hmm. not great. Mm-hmm. And he's regretting things in the morning as well because they're supposed to be working together and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And he is ready to break her heart the next morning. And she's like, wow, she concocts this thing overnight. She's like, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. I used you. Keith. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, wow. <laughs> like, once again, it's one of those, like, I'll just tell him I was drunk and I don't remember, except this time it's, I'll just tell him I have zero feelings for him and I just needed to get, like, I need to scratch an itch and get over this supposedly traumatic experience of breaking up with my last intimate partner. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, I used you. Now I can go after Dean Robillard because that's who I really want. And he goes from, wow, I have to break her heart to, what the fuck? How dare you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. How dare you? So luckily, they spend most of the day gender segregated again, Mm -hmm. except that then there was a problem with the house closing. And so Gwen and her husband decided to drive all the way up from Chicago for the last like six hours of the weekend. Yeah. Which didn't make a lot of sense to me because like there's no fucking way, but cool. So very pregnant Gwen walks in and everybody immediately thinks that he's actually going to take Annabelle's head off. Yes. Everyone. He's going to python the shit out of her. Oh, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Screech. What? During the sex. His penis is described as a python in a lot of different ways. I don't like it. 
I just want to move yeah. on from that. But I can't. The, the python wound up inside of her and oh. did so much stretching and all kinds of things. No. It was real gross. No. Anyway, okay, moving on. Gwen walks in. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Everyone thinks he's going to coil around Annabelle and murder her. Yeah, and they're they're like literally surrounding her physically. Yes. Because they are worried about this man flying off the handle. Yes. And he somehow gets them to allow them to go off by themselves. And shockingly, he's just like, wow, I didn't think you had it in you. Like, you duped me. That's really good. Yeah. This is the kind of business practices that I've been talking about. Good job, yeah. Annabelle. Good job, Annabelle. Good job. <laughs> All right. And that's it. That's the end of camping trip, right? By camping trip. Yes. He goes home on his own. She goes back with Janine. Doesn't really matter. And then they don't speak for like five days. No. In the interim, we get another scene with Portia, the other matchmaker, and Bodie, yep. the Heath's yep. bodyguard, where he shows up to Portia's uh, either home or work. I can't remember. But he basically walks in and is like, take off your clothes and she's like okay does that and then yeah. you know yeah so i really like this scene with Portia because they are at her office and she hasn't returned any of his calls but she's been thinking about him nonstop mm -hmm. because she's been wrestling with whether or not their first and most recent encounter on her balcony mm -hmm. was degrading because while she can look at it and say on paper, that seems degrading. Mm -hmm. I don't feel degraded. Right. Which is a really, really important distinction to make in your sexy times. Like, mm -hmm. something can look highly, highly degrading on paper and not actually be that way at all. It depends on how you feel about it. Yeah, your politics do not need to match your bedroom antics. Right. Those things do not need to jive perfectly for them to be okay. Mm -hmm. So um, she's all, but she's also being a, a huge super dick because she's like, I can't introduce him to my friends and he's like trailer trash and blah. So there is also that part. But I liked the fact that she that we watched her tease out. Is this OK? Is this not OK? And ultimately, she's like, yeah, it's super OK. Yep. I really like it. Yeah. OK. So then she goes, she brings him coffee because he hasn't been returning her calls. So she kind of shoves her way into his office and is like, you haven't been returning my calls. And he's like, how's Dean? You know, like they just kind of have a little bit of a passive aggressive. Yeah. Sort of conversation. Oh, and they set up a Friday night date, right? Yes. She has another date. Yes. She's going to introduce him to somebody new. And then she has another date with date-ish with Dean where they kind of discuss, hey, listen, I'm using you to wiggle out of this situation with Heath so that it's very clear to the reader she's not into Dean. She just is pretending to be into Dean so that Heath will, I don't know, feel betrayed and, and fuck off because she doesn't want to be involved with Heath and yeah. she doesn't want to be falling in love with Heath. Well, and and it's true that she doesn't actually say Heath's name. He, she refuses right. to yeah, tell yeah, yeah. Dean. She just says a man. I'm trying to get out of a situation with a man. Mm -hmm. And then I think Heath stops by to be like, what's going on with you? Like, what are we doing? Right. And, and Dean is there. And so... 
it creates this even larger illusion to Heath that something's actually going on with them. Right. Like she she doesn't let him into the house. Dean's yeah. just there playing cards, hanging out because they're kind of buddies now. And she doesn't let him into the house. And then Heath sees across the street Dean's Porsche, which is a very right. distinctive Porsche. And he's like, oh, I guess Dean's over there. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then Dean's like, oh, you should have invited him in. I would have like smooched on your neck and really made it obvious and made him really jealous. And she's like, har har, stop it. So she has set him up with a local newscaster named Carrie, and she believes that they're not right for each other at all, but Heath latches on to this woman and is like, yep, she's the one that's right for me. I really like this chick. So he starts dating this newscaster, which really pisses off Annabelle, and she's like, she's not right for you. You need to stop going out with her, which is like, Annabelle, you set him up with her. Wait, no, I thought that Portia set... Doesn't matter. I don't care. Oh, really? I thought Portia set them up oh maybe that's the truth i'm not sure uh, annabelle was on the date though yeah yeah yeah. because remember she won't set boundaries and he's like you're gonna do right. porsche's work too right and then they date for like a month and then mm-hmm. he breaks up with her that's when he shows up at her door and dean's there playing cards sorry oh, i skipped ahead a little okay. bit yeah so he's like no hey, no, no, FYI. no no that's the night no? he shows up at her door rumpled and drunk and falls asleep in her bed oh so he shows up having broken up with carrie He's gotten off a flight. He's drunk from the flight. He doesn't want to go home. He's hungry. There's no food in his house. It's late. And he's just like, Annabelle, I just need a buddy. Like, Carrie and I broke up. I need, do you have any food in your house? And so she gives him some leftover spaghetti. She's like, you can sleep in my guest room, which is my grandma's old bedroom, and leads him to the guest room. But then on the way, he's like, oh, what's your bedroom look like? So he climbs up into the attic. Her bedroom, you guys, is a nightmare. It is my straight nightmare. Uh-huh. It is like all her grandma's old shit to include a mannequin with a lace yeah. tablecloth draped over it and a hat, I believe. Uh-huh. What? Uh-huh. And then <laughs> like dolls from her childhood. She still has like all her stuffed animals and dolls from her childhood. This is a lot like that scene in Love Actually where Laura Linney goes upstairs and tries to clear her bedroom of all the embarrassing shit, which is oh, one teddy bear. Like, remember, yeah. poor Laura oh, Linney yeah. has one fucking teddy bear, which, good. Yeah, that's that's a normal thing to have <laughs> one thing. This woman, her whole house is that. She's got Little Mermaid <laughs> alarm clock. She's got, like, it's <laughs> Hello Kitty shit everywhere. Like, and I'm not saying you can't have, like, some, but just know that her whole house is this. It's not, like, one thing. It's not yeah. like I've got to hide my Little Mermaid alarm clock. It's like I've got to hide my life. <laughs> so he goes up and lays down in her bed. Um, there was a lacy pink bra. This is so weird. This was upsetting to me personally. Yeah. <laughs> but, I didn't, but wait, wait, wait. But she leaves to go fix uh-huh. something in Nana's room, comes back, and he's asleep on the bra with his, like, hand near the bra. All right, go. Yep. I just wanted to set it up so that they know what it is before you lose your shit. I actually didn't understand what was happening. I was like, oh, she's embarrassed. Like, what, it's one more yeah. thing. She wants to get her bra away from him because it's a sexy thing and she wants yeah. to keep that separate because she's trying to keep sex and him separate. Okay, That to fine. me made sense. That, yeah, that, that makes sense. Absolutely. So I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, great, fine. And then all of a sudden, when he wakes up and she explains what is happening Mm -hmm. in her fucked up brain, I 
nearly through my phone. So she's yanking so this happening? bra out from under him to the point where he wakes up and he's like, what are you doing? And her explanation yeah. is this, go Melody. She says, I cannot see this lacy brazier near your man body mm-hmm. because it makes me think that you secretly want to essentially cross-dress and you are going to you're going to tell me one day that you are also a woman. Yes. Just like her her ex. I I I And bless him, he doesn't understand this either. He says, oh, so you're afraid I'm going to start cross-dressing, which, guys, is a different thing than being transgender. Just want to throw that out there. And she said, hearing it spoken aloud made her wince. How had she lived to be 31 years old? God damn it, Annabelle. Uh, Anyway, without somebody locking her up, like, to be crazy, I guess. She says, not afraid exactly, but... The thing is, why expose yourself to temptation? Oh. What? So if a man takes her bra off, does she feel this way? Uh, I don't know. I, I it's don't so know. weird. So then uh, she goes, he loved that. And apparently he starts smiling or laughing or he's something. He's like laughing, And then yeah. she's like, she understood his amusement. She'd be amused mm-hmm. herself if she were him. But she couldn't find a smile anywhere. Dispirited, she turned toward the stairs. His laughter faded, and another floorboard creaked as he came up behind her. He set his hand on her shoulders. Hey, you're really upset, aren't you? She nodded. I'm sorry. I sp- oh, God. I spend too much time in locker rooms. I won't tease you anymore. I promise. And uh, uh, this is I- just... And then he's like, I, I want something to read before I go to sleep. And so he grabs her sex toy catalog and goes downstairs to Nona's yeah. room. Nana's room. Sorry. I just... So on the one hand, I was trying desperately to be understanding because, you know, I've had a few losses in my life and I understand that sometimes you just have either outsized reactions or something will hit you. Yeah. And it's just that, a weird thing that you can't... Yeah. Yep. That you're like, I, I never thought that like seeing a gold colored band would remind me of my dad's hand or you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. just weird shit. But this I couldn't. I think the problem if it had been described as she saw him laying there with the lacy bra, it was, you know, near his hand or something. And she just had a visceral reaction and she didn't like it. And she wanted to snatch it away. And she's like, sorry, I just had a weird thing where I thought about Rob and Rosemary and like, sorry, but it was like, it said something to the effect of since since this happened with her ex, she had an aversion to seeing men near lingerie. You know what I mean? It didn't seem like a instant visceral reaction. No. It seemed like no. this is something that she can no longer handle just on a whole. And that yeah. the rationalization of it explained was was too much. Do you uh-huh. know what I'm saying? Like, if it was just described as, like, a weird knee-jerk thing, I think I wouldn't have had a problem with it. But it was too rationalized on the page. Like, it was too flushed yeah. out. Okay. So... All right. Moving on. We get more of Portia because she is discontent. Oh, God. I'm ready for this. I'm I'm all geared up for this one. Are, are you ready? Because I hated this shit. I'm ready yeah, to go. Yeah, please. Portia please. and Bodie. All right. They're at some kind of an art gallery, something, something. What? Oh, no, just Portia. Portia's just at Portia. some kind of fancy, super fancy party. 
And she's trying to network of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. She's trying to network with people. She's trying to network with an old lady named Colleen. I don't remember if they talked about her in the past. Don't care. Don't know. Don't whatever. So she's she's also expressing that she's like sick of herself. She's sick of power matches. She's sick of everything that she stands for. Basically. And she's not sure why feeling bad generally uh-huh. her old tricks are not working she's trying to be charming she's not like no one's biting what you know on her hook and line uh-huh. um so she is trying to talk to this old lady who apparently has a bunch of money that she's trying to network with and then all of a sudden Bodie walks in and he was not invited she did not invite him no she did not no but he's also like shown up places where he she didn't realize he had the address like her office yeah. so it's possible yeah. But he comes up to this old lady and smooches her on the cheek and is like, oh, hey, Aunt Colleen. Uh-huh. And then Portia realizes that the whole story Bodie told her about growing up in the trailer park and the cockroaches and the abusive alcoholic dad and all that was a uh-huh. lie. And really, he's the silver spoon guy who grew up. Who has you know. a bunch of tats. That's all. Yeah. So she understandably leaves the party very hurt by Bodhi's betrayal because they've Uh said very few words to each other and the words that he said to her have been a lie because remember Uh he only took her out because he was blackmailing her yeah and then he showed up twice basically wordlessly and had sex with her Mm -hmm. and psychoanalyzed her well and they they have been having liaisons and the reason that he knows she's there is that she left an invitation out on a countertop in her home so it's been more than just those two encounters granted uh, SEP, we have only seen one of the two mentioned encounters, yes. which I'm pretty pissed about, honestly. <laughs> Fair. So he chases her outside and he says the following, that he lied to her about who he was and where he was from because he knew that she wouldn't accept him if she knew that he was rich and she just parade him around and that she's been treating him like a piece of meat and that's why he's he lied to her which okay if this relationship had been like portia spotted Bodie at the bar that night decided he was a hunk of man meat and decided she was going to go slumming and assumed that he was this like bar fly you know good right. old boy poor kid and she was gonna just uh you know hop on him and then leave or have some kind of just just sex arrangement with him uh-huh. then i would have believed this story if portia had gone up to him and been like hey you i want to do this let's get out of here and had been going over to his place and like just trying to fucking leave fine but this whole thing has been driven by Bodie. He approached her. He went to her house. He went to her workplace. Like, he is the one every time that has been like, I want to come have sex with you and not have a relationship. So it's like, and let me just, let me just not justify out a few. Yeah. Let me pick out a few choice phrases because there is so much. And meanwhile, I have loved Bodie and Portia. Me too. Right up until this. Yeah. He gaslights the shit out of her. Yes. So he says, how about apologizing for treating me like nothing more than a piece of meat? And she goes, oh, no, you don't. You're not turning this back on me. You're the Mm -hmm. one who lied. Which, yes. Yes. Preach Portia. Yes. And then she goes, the whole time you've been laughing at me. And he goes, yeah, sort of. When I wasn't laughing at myself. I told you what you needed to hear if the two of us were ever going to have a chance. As if Bodie, the omniscient God, mm-hmm. knows exactly the formula to make sure they have a, a long-standing chance. Like, don't mansplain my feelings to me. Mm-hmm. And then 
she goes, lies are your idea of how to start a relationship. And he goes, they're my idea of how this one needed to start. Yeah. And then she says, you wouldn't have been a secret if you'd told me the truth. Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh, right. You'd love that. You would love parading me in front of your friends. You'd love knowing that my dad's side of the family is even more respectable than the aunt you just met. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you act like I'm some terrible snob. And he goes, don't even try to deny it. I've never known anyone as frightened of other people's opinions as you. And while all of that is true, that is not a place from which I can springboard into a big personal revelation. No. Like when you start from the the foundation of lies and gaslighting, I'm I am on the defensive, period. <laughs> right. But the thing oh. is, she he can't have it both ways. Either she no. wants him just because he's the silver spoon, or she wants him just because he's a he's a slummy stud. Because uh-huh. he says, You wanted a stud, and I was more than happy to comply, but it didn't take me long to resent being your dirty little secret. And it's like she didn't want him to be her stud at all he's been the one pushing this this whole time he picked her out of the bar he went to her house so it's like either he's his feelings are hurt because she was slumming with him and didn't want a real thing or his feelings are hurt because she only wanted him for his money but he can't have it both ways either she's a snob or she wants to get dirty with some tattooed muscle man in a bar but he can't be mad at her for both that's what i'm mad about yeah yeah, but so Bodhi's whole thing is like, you need to start leading with your heart and not leading with the idea of living up to other people's expectations I mean, because he's not you're wrong. not happy. No, no, no. All That's of that is thing. true. All of his shit is right. It's yes. just how he went about it. God. So she tells him to go to hell and she breaks up with him. Yeah. Justified. Yes. Good job, Portia. Good job, Portia. Yeah. Figure your life out on your own because you do not need that nonsense. Mm-hmm. So he and Heath talk it over. And then Heath pulls in Annabelle and Portia. And he's mm-hmm. like, I'm giving you an ultimatum. You have one more date. This has gone on too long. Football season is starting. So I don't have time for this anymore. One more date from each of you. That's it. Yeah. Bring me your best. And if not, like I'm terminating our contracts. Can I talk about one thing in this meeting? She goes in. Yes. Portia's already there. Annabelle stared at her competitor's feet. At first glance, the shoes looked the same. They both had hem. Uh Uh-huh. Open toes and low heels. But one was a black mule and the other a navy sling sling back. Uh What a couple high-powered ladies in the city. Low heels, open-toed, mules, and (laughs) slingbacks. Here's my next question. Portia had to be wearing hose, right? She was wearing hose with open-toed shoes. Oh, God. Kill me now. (laughs) And what is this, 2003 or something like that? 2005, yeah. Worse. Listen, all right, guys. I was already wearing business attire in my life in 2005, and I sure as fuck wasn't wearing low-heeled slingbacks with open toes. So get your shit together, Portia and Annabelle. Yeah. You're supposed to be more more, uh, fashionable than a 19-year-old Aaron back in the day. It's true. All right. I mean, not to fashion shame them. They can wear whatever they want. No, I'm fashion shaming. Bing, boom, bong. Fashion shaming with Aaron. (laughs) Portia and Annabelle need to get it together, shoe-wise. Well, and and this is just to show that Portia's a mess without Bodie, I guess. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so they leave. Portia stops by Bodie's 
office and uh, do they get back together there? Kind of. They talk about it. Yeah. They might. I don't know. They get back together, guys. They talk it out. I, I don't know when it happens. Anyway, Annabelle is like, all right, I'm going to stop fucking around. I know the perfect person for Heath. I'm going to finally do it. And her Which name is, is Delaney. Which is crazy to me. She's known the perfect person, but she's a matchmaker. That is her whole profession. And she is known literally the perfect her person for Heath <laughs> the whole time or at least four weeks. And she's been like, nah, I guess because she's in love with him. But like, I mean, maybe listen, Annabelle, you're not fucking Heath because of your profession. You, you've you decided Heath is not for me. I'm going to get over this thing I have for Heath because I need to s- succeed professionally. Right. But then also you're not hooking him up with the one person that you know would be successful for you're fucking yourself two different ways annabelle uh-huh. either be with him or hook him up with the person you want to you know yeah or get him out of your life by finding him the perfect yeah, wife that's, what I'm that's saying, literally right? your job yeah so they go on a date and oh delaney lightfield <laughs> she's perfect for perfect. him because she has the pedigree and everything else, but her family has fallen on hard times. And so Heath can provide the money to still make him feel manly in all of his man parts. Yeah. Well, what's great is that she has the pedigree, but she's got like nothing going on right now. So she can yeah. fully commit to her whole <laughs> life being Heath's wife. Yes. <laughs> it's oh, it's God. the perfect situation. Really, Annabelle has knocked it out of the park on this one. And he tells her so. So they have yeah. a great first date. Annabelle, you know, doesn't even have to shuffle her out of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And he's like, wow, you really know how to deliver under pressure. And Annabelle's like, yeah, fuck me sideways. And then they date. They're yeah. dating now. They date for a good amount of time, at least six. Yeah, it's six weeks. Delaney meets up with Annabelle again. Uh, so I, they run into each other somewhere. I don't remember where because she's a uh-huh. mutual friend with someone. And Annabelle's kind of like, hey, Delaney, how's it? How's it going with Heath? Or I love Heath. Like, Ooh. And Delaney's like, it's going great. I really think he might be the one. It's just like, I'm having this problem where he won't have sex with me. Yeah. And she's like, do you think he's gay? Because I've like really tried to like put his hands on my boobs and like really tried to be real clear with him about what I want and he won't do it. And um, whatever. So he won't have sex with her because you guys, she's the perfect woman. And they are either sex objects or they are wife material, mm-hmm. which is such a good and healthy perspective for a long lasting marriage. So good. Yes. And (laughs) really, he's like, you know what? We've been dating for six weeks. I know I want to wife this lady. So Uh I am going to propose to her Uh and then we can have sex. Uh And it is just banana town bonkers. Of course, this is all because he really wants Annabelle. He really is in love with Annabelle. But But before we get to the proposal with Delaney, we get... A fascinating little scene with what are you looking at? What is happening in Melody World right I'm, now? I'm just staring off into the dismal future of all what, of these. At the weirdest <laughs> angle. Where? What? <laughs> I, I, I was assuming there was a spider or something up there. No, I'm honestly just staring off into the nothingness that is the future for these people. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> are we done? Should we stop? The, are we done podcasting? Is no. this it? Is this the last episode? No. This I have never seen you me, give up you in the middle of an episode in such a clear, <laughs> just like, 
just, wait, not don't. even in the wall of Winnipeg when we were just like, and then they do another puzzle. No, you know what? At least we had puzzles to look forward to. <laughs> Fair. Okay, but wait, I'm about to light a fuse under your ass oh, because please do. next what we have is a fascinating little scene with uh, Portia in a gas station. Go, oh. Melody. Go. I don't know what this is. Portia's gonna buy some peeps. Oh, did you did you herbs this? Oh no, I didn't. I just wiped it from my brain. Here she goes, it makes guys. Me so here she goes. Crazy. Here she goes. She's oh not staring off into the distance anymore. <laughs> she's ready to fucking go. Oh, oh she's itching God. her scalp. So here it goes. Portia, right? I knew it. Portia. I knew it. <laughs> we now let's recall how triggered I was in chapter three when she was. <laughs> weighing her employees and firing people for being fat and stuff and not fat and i can't even like okay (laughs) so (sighs) portia's at her wits end she doesn't know what to do with herself she's unhappy she didn't get back with bodie guys she did not get back with bodie sorry sorry we said that it's fucking october or something like it Mm -hmm. is late and she walks in she decides that she's gonna go she's gonna get some sleeping pills she's gonna get some sleeping pills yes and then she (laughs) then she gets her sleeping pills and she looks over and there is this peeps display that has i mean months old it's let's review it's october and these peeps have been around she picks up like four boxes of peeps or eight boxes of peeps. I don't I don't know. I don't care how many peeps she eats. And then goes up to the counter. And meanwhile, like Portia, I feel like is that character from Devil Wars Prada where she's like, I'm on a diet. And so I don't eat until right. until I feel like I'm going to pass out. And then I eat a block, a cube of cheese. Right. <laughs> That's it. Uh-huh. That's who she is. So then she goes up to the counter and she starts paying for everything. And the kid at the counter is like very reasonably like, oh, there's a huge tear in this peeps thing. Uh-huh. How about I get you a new one? Because this just is like, no, open and it could it. be just poisoned. Uh-huh. And she is so embarrassed about somebody maybe seeing her in general, but then buying any kind of junk food or maybe food in general. Mm-hmm. Like, I think she might be a person who doesn't really eat in front of other people, mm-hmm. which is its own form of disordered eating talk to someone because you deserve better than that Mm -hmm. so she is in such a rush to get out of here lest someone see her with a thing of candy Mm -hmm. that she like drops them on the floor she's rude to the cashier like she is not at her best our portia and then she goes home uh we're having an aftershock over here oh really yeah i think it's uh, i think it's okay it's okay it's okay. okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't. I ruined it. Just keep going. No, though. no, not at all. I just, if I ran from the room, I wanted you to know why. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. Please tell all me. right. And so then she goes home and she proceeds to eat them all. Yes. And feel one terrible by one. Herself. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't like glamorized. Like it's clear that the author is writing Portia to have a problem that is a problem when she's weighing the other women, when this is discussed as a problem with Portia. This is not like good job, Portia, you know. No, but it's almost worse because it's never dealt with as a problem this serious would have to be dealt with. That's fair. Yep. It's dealt with at the end, spoiler alert, Bodhi fixes it with his magic fucking penis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is not the way that works, everyone. Oh, I have I have bigger issues with other parts of the book. At least this is written to be Portia has a problem. There are other just casual 
parts of this book that are like Keith walks up to Annabelle's refrigerator and flips through the diet meal plan she has for the week and looks at all her diet meals or there's a part when they're oh, at the yeah. campground where Keith brings over a brownie yeah and one of the girls is like oh my god I can't even look at that brownie am I right I'm gonna drink my calories thank yeah, you yeah she's like I need to save my calories for another glass of wine one of the other girls says and then Annabelle gives the brownie back to Heath and says, I don't need this. You can work this off easier than I can. And then Heath takes a bite and then throws the other part of the brownie in the garbage because he doesn't want to eat a brownie either. And so it's throughout the book. Like I'm, I'm highlighting just a couple of things, but yeah, I'm not saying that it's not okay to write about people who are healthy eaters. Mm-hmm. choosing to eat healthfully but it's not healthy great. no but none of it is healthy no it's not and, it's it's i'm saving uh, my calories for wine it's there's there's a point in which at the end she has like a she has a little party and she's been stressed out about heath so it says like oh she can finally fit into this little dress because she's been so stressed out she hasn't eaten but then later she's been so heart sick over heath yeah, but then later when Heath comes over, when he's tired that night after he broke up with the newscaster, she takes a big thing of ice cream out of the fridge, like moose tracks, and just starts shoveling it into her mouth because... Because she feels all so much better now. So it's not described yeah. as healthy eating. It's described as <sighs> binge eating and depriving and like this this cycle. Yep. And it's never dealt with with our heroine at all. It's never It's never addressed as a problem or a negative thing at all with Annabelle. Well, no, it's presented as a problem. And then the solution is just find your soulmate question mark. I don't even think it's presented as a problem. I think it's presented as a punchline like, oh, ladies, yeah. am I right? We diet. Yeah. I think it's presented in the same way her unruly red hair is presented. Like, yeah. What, what a mess of a lady, you know? Well, and don't forget all those all those dudes getting tempted by sexy looking bras mm-hmm. in... Oh, so even with the I'm sorry, I'm still on it, though, because even if Annabelle is kind of portrayed as a mess, well, is 100 percent portrayed as a mess, the messiest one we've had, I think, so far. Yeah. But even if that's part of her mess, it's not portrayed as a problem whatsoever with the friends being like, no, because it's casual with the friends all the time of like, I'm going to have to work this off. Ha ha ha. How many calories do you have left? Ha ha ha. Yeah. They're not messes. No, at least in the story, you know, so this is just presented as a these are things that ladies do. Yeah. And I hate that. Yeah. All right. Moving on from Portia. She eats up all them peeps. Yeah. And she feels like the literal worst about herself because she feels now she feels like a failure and a fat failure Mm -hmm. on top of everything else. We've all been there. Good job, us. And then what the fuck happens? Um. Oh, he proposes. Now we're at the proposal. He goes to propose. Yeah. He his assistant or somebody gets a ring. He didn't even choose the ring. I don't think. I mean, it is six weeks in. How could he possibly know her taste? I thought he asked Annabelle to choose the ring. That is probably true. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably true too. Yep. He calls Annabelle for one. So he's going <laughs> to ask Annabelle to pick out the ring for him. For once, Annabelle answered instead of her voicemail, and she says, "You want me to do what?" And then that's the end of the thing. Yes. So he's about to propose at dinner. He's like working up to it in his head. He's just going to say, will you do me the honor of being my wife and dodge the whole I love you thing? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's he a literal verbatim quote. Yeah. And you know what? That's the most rational thing about this. He's known her for six weeks mm-hmm. and yeah. she has spent most of the time 
just being sort of arm candy with connections at work events with him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he doesn't have time to ask her about herself. Right. Jeez. So the next series of events is just, it's really, really weird plot wise for me. Oh, wait, wait, I'm sorry. Yes. We have to, I have to, I have a highlight that I have to read. Okay. So he's thinking about the proposal and he wondered if she'd get teary eyed when he gave her the ring. Probably not. She wasn't too emotional, which was another positive. Mm -hmm. Afterward, they'd go back to his place and celebrate their engagement in bed. He'd make sure he took it slow. He sure as hell wouldn't rush her like Mm -hmm. he rushed Annabelle. Because remember, everyone, this is wife material. Right. Yeah. But then he says, damn, that had been fun. Fun, but not serious. Making Mm -hmm. love with Annabelle had been exciting. Crazy. Definitely hot. But it hadn't been important. And uh, that is how our hero feels about sex and women. (laughs) So good. All right. So Annabelle calls him right before he's about to propose. It's so weird. She's like, I have 17 footballs in my room, (laughs) in my house, and I need you to come and figure it out. Because it was just supposed to be like two or three footballs, a casual night. With a couple of footballs. Mm-hmm. And instead, I've got like the whole They're second all here. string here. They're drinking. They're, quote, playing their hip hop music. Oh, boy. They're all over the place and they won't leave my house. Here's the thing. Yeah. He gets there. She's like, this is your fault. I would not know all these footballs if not for you. And they're all at my house <laughs> now. Which is ridiculous because the reason she has 17 football players in her house is because of her relationship with dean not because of her relationship with heath she was friends with dean dean invited all his friends over she needs to handle that between her and dean this has nothing to do with heath she has no reason to be calling heath whatsoever so he he gets there she flies off the handle at him then he escorts Delaney. delaney yeah he escorts her outside and he's like hey delaney I can't leave her here like this. And meanwhile, all they're doing is sitting around drinking beer and, and they have ordered pizza. That's Those it. Are the cardinal sins they have committed. Their music is, is loud. But also... They're in their house, they're listening to music, and they have ordered food. And they all <laughs> seem to be really polite toward, oh, yeah. uh, toward Annabelle. So I see and no really reason respectful. why she couldn't be like, hey guys, I really like you guys, but the music is too loud. Either, you know, maybe turn it down or can we just not do this here tonight? And you know what? Yeah. These multi-millionaires could go buy a fucking house for the night that they could yes. hang out in. It was just so weird. She just couldn't handle this situation as an adult. Yes. All Annabelle had to do was set some fucking boundaries yes. and she could not do it. She couldn't do it. So anyway, basically, this somehow turns into a referendum on their relationship and Heath's life because Delaney's like, actually, I'm too proper to deal with this nonsense. Yeah, he's and like, he's this like, is what my life is. You are is. too proper. And yeah. I'm like, no. It's- no, this is not what your life is. No. Your life is not hanging out with <laughs> football players. First of all, he does not even need to party with these guys if he doesn't want to. He's their agent. Yeah. He, hang- he sometimes has meetings and stuff at clubs, but I don't think that affects his future wife at all. He's not having house parties at his house no. that are like, mm's, mm's, mm's. like, I don't, I, this, no, he is not. No part of this entire night made any sense to me logically no. as a plot at because all. Let's review. Heath can go to the club by himself just yeah. as he has been doing and for And he frequently years. does. Yeah. So anyway, they break up somehow. They break up on the porch amicably. 
And he's like, wow, Annabelle's really the lady for me. This is when he decides Mm -hmm. that she is more than just a piece of flesh that he can pump into and not satisfy. Right. And if he would have walked back in, Uh got rid of the football players and Uh said, Annabelle, it's you. It's always been you. You picked out this ring. I'm going to put it on your finger right now. I love you. And she said, I love you too, Heath. And that was the end of the book. That would have been been great. Just as good of an ending. But don't worry, guys. A fifth of the book is still left. Yeah, there's still way more book. I don't even know why. There's so much of this. So there is so much book. Yeah. It may only be 24 chapters, but each chapter is like three regular chapters. There is so many false endings. So instead... He hangs out with them. Mm -hmm. Annabelle falls asleep on the couch for some Mm -hmm. unknown reason. Yeah. When she has a perfectly good bed. Right. He and Dean have some words that are... He falls asleep in her bed, I want to say. He sleeps in her bed, I think. Yeah, and she sleeps on the... Ah, whatever. I don't care. And then... She's having a birthday party with her family. You know, the rich, judgmental family that she has that doesn't like her career and doesn't like her love life and stuff. So she's going to have a birthday dinner with them. She has invited Dean to go with her to the birthday dinner because she wants to impress her family because they're always saying that she can't catch a man and she can't catch a job and she needs to get serious about her life, which I kind of agree with them, but not to the level that they're mean to her. And so uh-huh. Dean's supposed to show up. Who shows up instead? But Heath. Heath. He goes to the birthday dinner or lunch or whatever with her family, and he falls in love with her blue blood, classy, classy family. Yeah, he's like, oh, my God, I didn't know that underneath this nest of hair, you have a pedigree. Yeah. And this is what I've been looking for all along. I just wish that Annabelle would have also been trailer trash from bumfuck Illinois, like Heath and me. (laughs) But no, she has to be. I mean, I mean, (laughs) Heath. I mean, Heath. (laughs) (laughs) She has to be like upper crust Chicago because that's what he wants, which is fucking bullshit. Like, I, I hated it. I wanted him to be like, you know what? I need somebody who has, I don't know, who I can commiserate with and have a shared experience with. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. But no, he gets the thing that he's been looking for the whole time, which is this. Which he doesn't deserve also. Like, he deserves none of the things. It's not deserve. It's just like, I thought that he was going to go into this matchmaker situation saying, oh, I want a lady that comes from an affluent family. And then he was going to realize that that's not important. But instead, it's the exact opposite. He finds out that she's from an affluent family and that makes him love her more. I hated it. Yeah. I mean, and... To be perfectly fair, he was in love with her and he was already planning on mm-hmm. yeah. marrying her It makes him her love her more, for sure. Yeah. And you know what? You know what is even worse than that for me? Because what, what unfolds in this scene is so tone deaf and gross mm-hmm. that it makes me livid. So they go to dinner and Heath spends the whole time sucking up to her yeah. terrible family. That are and so mean to her. More, more than that, yes, they are verbally abusive to her mm-hmm. in front of him. And it just, he sees no problems. He's like, I can't believe how wonderful your family is. He has no problem with the way that they are speaking to her. If it had been one of those like hating game situations where he walked in and he was like, I like you guys, 
and right. I think I could like you, but you are not going to treat the person oh, that I love this way. that's exactly what I thought was going to happen. I thought Me he was going to, uh, Eric <sighs> at the Thanksgiving dinner in the Hernani yes. holiday, that's what I thought was going to happen. Nope. But no, what he does instead is he obviously cannot read any of her body language or anything else because she is slowly turning into a husk of herself at mm-hmm. this dinner. And instead, he's like, wow. I know that she really like family's important to her, which has not she has not given no. any indication that is the case up until this point. She's also not acting like that right now. Mm-mm. And he's like, I'm going to throw away my actual engagement plan and I'm going to propose to her right here in front of her shitty family who, while he's doing the proposal, mm-hmm. they're like apologizing for what a fucking mess she is. Yeah. He starts saying things like, yeah, you know, when I hired her, La, la la but it didn't quite work out that way and her mom immediately is like well i know she can do better i know that she's really really stupid and stuff mm-hmm. but you know just tell her what you need her to change and i'm sure she'll, she'll do it for you yeah. and he doesn't correct them. no even after he's out with it they're like why would you want to marry annabelle oh my god yeah so she uh-huh. rightfully is like what are you talking about when he yeah. asks her to marry him and she's like, no, you don't love me. I'm leaving. And he's like, yeah. okay, Annabelle, hey, listen, when you get home, turn on your fax machine. I'm going to fax oh you God. the receipt for the engagement ring that I bought you that's arriving on Monday. And you will see that I ordered it four days ago before I even met your family. Because she's rightfully accusing him of only yeah. doing this because he realized she's rich or whatever. And she's like, that's not the point. I, I don't know that you love me. This is just because I rejected you and you've got this right. thing where you've got to win. And like, this I have no idea play. what this is, but it's not something I want. Which I was just, I was just raising the roof for Annabelle right there. Right. So he launches into, you know, I love all these things about you. And she's like, I haven't heard you say you love me. Yeah. I don't. You I still don't haven't said it. Yeah. So go fuck yourself. And then, and then you think the book is over again. And this no. would have been a perfectly fine, happy ending. This would have been because, an HEA. Annabelle. Yeah. Single on the town, ready to mingle. That's right. Got rid of Heath. But instead, a series of insane events happen. Annabelle disappears. Mm-hmm. Annabelle packs a bag. Nobody will tell Heath where she is. Yep. Fuck the other clients. I don't know what, the, yeah. you know, she's gone for yeah. weeks. Nobody will tell. He's going around everywhere trying to find her. Mm-hmm. And and I love that her friends were like, mm, don't care. You don't get to. I'm not going to tell you where she is. No, yeah. But then he but goes then on Phoebe. a drunken bender. He's like, yes. Oh, yeah. He's like playing oh, yeah. Willie Nelson. He's like drinking. And Portia and shows up. Portia shows like, up. she's like, I've got my final introduction to make for you because remember he gave her the ultimatum right and annabelle used hers for delaney and now porsche's like i'm using mine for annabelle Mm -hmm. and uh, because i've decided you guys are uh perfect for each other so i just want to read this exchange yeah sure Portia says, I heard that you proposed to Annabelle Granger last night, but what I don't know is why the little twit turned you down, given that she rushed out of the Mayfair Club without you. I'm assuming that's what happened. His sense Ugh. of being ill-used erupted. She's a nutcase. That's why. Way more trouble than I need in my life. And don't call her a twit. Apologies, Portia drawled. Uh-huh. This is Heath. It's not like she has a whole truckload of guys lining up to marry her. Then Portia says, I heard her last fiancé had a gender identity problem, so I think it's safe to say you were a step up. And then he says, apparently not. 
So, like, this conversation is so, it just made my whole body want to curl in on itself, where it's just like, why is this, why is this mess of a woman turning down you? She should be, uh, you know, chomping at the bit to get over herself. Oh, God. God bless America. So, basically, he shows up at Phoebe's house. Phoebe breaks down and tells him where Annabelle is. Spoiler alert, shocking everyone. She's at the campground in wherever. And... (laughs) So then she <laughs> drives up. You know where she's probably at? She's probably where HB Natalie does survivalist training in Illinois. No, she's not. She's at her rich friend's oh, you're shabby right. chic. <laughs> you're right. It's not like, it's glamping. Campground. They say, for... it's like, they, they say several times that this is a campground, and it just occurred to it's me just now that it's not a campground. It's very snazzy cabins. So never mind. Yes. It's not where Natalie does her survival training. <laughs> no, Natalie <laughs> is fucking awesome, and she's a baller, and she can survive fucking anything, and everyone should take her classes. This these people can't survive literally lace curtains. They couldn't survive them. Okay. So All right. so he shows up and she's she's out on the pier. He yeah. goes into the he goes into the cabin and can't find her. He goes out on the pier behind her and uh-huh. he's like I used your toothbrush and also like ruined no. some of your shit. Like I can't do that. Just can't. Stay away from my fucking toothbrush. <laughs> Just like, does Listerine not exist in this universe? I don't understand. So he's unshaven, you guys. Yeah, he is. He looks terribly a mess. He gives it another shot. He's like, I do love you. I've loved you since the beginning. Here are all the things I've loved about you. And she's basically like, no, again, she's like, I don't know what this is. You have this competitive thing. I've told you no. Persistence for the first time in your life is not going to work. I don't want somebody's secondhand proposal because you thought you'd be married by now. I don't want this. And so she storms off back into the cabin. All right. So who shows up at the cabin? Bodie shows up. But Bodie and also Portia. And Portia. Yeah. Because Portia's going to be like, I'm power matching you. Mm -hmm. Look how thin I am. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, (laughs) Uh, so, so no way. Animals back in the cabin. Heath has gone for a for a hike. He's off on a trail somewhere. And Bodie's like, Annabelle, he does love you. I know that he does. You need to ask him two questions. This was ask him these two questions. This was just I just I was so tired of these two at this point i'm so done so annabelle goes and chases <sighs> heath down on this trail and he she asks the two questions that Bodie told her to ask and they are where is your cell phone and he says i gave it to whoever's kid the kid that loves cell phones he's like i don't know yeah she's it's somewhere it's with the kid the yeah. kid took it i don't give a shit and then, As if he could find it without GPS on his Google Maps. Whatever. And then he's Maybe like... Maybe his car had GPS? I don't know. I don't know. And then he's like... Uh, she. The other question is, um, when was the last time you talked to Dean or whatever? Because the whole time he's trying to get Dean to sign him as his agent. And Dean's now trying to track down Heath to sign him as his agent. Yeah. But he hasn't been able to get in contact with him because all Heath has been doing is trying to find Annabelle. So she's like, what was the last time you talked to Dean? And he's like, I talked to him last week, but he didn't know where you were. So I hung up on him. Right. And she's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, you really do do love love me. me. You put work aside. You put me above your work. Congratulations. Then it's the end. There's an epilogue, but I did not read it. 
I didn't read the epilogue. I honestly don't remember it. A lot of people love this book, but I feel like a lot of people love this book from like they read it a long time ago. From a long time ago, yeah. And it's just the wrong time for me to read this book. Yeah. There are too many shades of Trump. There are too many really awful exchanges about transgender folks. Um, There's just, it's just too much. It's too much for me. And I'm not, I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. I hated this book. I hated it from start to finish. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care if you loved it. I'm glad you love it. I will <laughs> I will defend to the death your right to love this book. Yeah. I cannot do it, though. And I won't. There were times where the, the banter sucked me in. I mean, it is a good, it is a well-written no, book. No, she is an excellent writer. I like, just that's very much here. disliked <laughs> him and also her. God, I hated him. And also, if you're going to have an ex- a book with explicit sex scenes, I need the woman to have an orgasm. That I can discern. I want a discernible female yeah. orgasm. Because I was not, until we had this conversation, I did not think she had it. In fact, I texted you. <laughs> Yeah, because I was like, <laughs> I got this? Muppet texts. <laughs> I don't remember what the texts were, but I was real pissed and they were in all caps. <laughs> Hold on. You said, um, there are no orgasms in book. Melody, I have searched 400 pages for Annabelle orgasm. Have found none. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, Ooh, I love it when you can't even bother with the tenses. Like, you uh, just won't? <laughs> yeah. I mean, normally in text, I skip the articles. Just Like, I do text speak, but it's not like you are for your. It's just like, no. I, I'm just like, am go store now is how I usually text uh, with my close personal friends and partner. Um, uh-huh. But when it becomes capital, then... Then the spelling errors start because you no longer get autocorrect yeah. because it, it thinks it's an acronym. So then I get like a lot of spelling mm-hmm. errors. And also I stop worrying about um, tenses. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. So, Aaron, do you have a lady love? <gasps> oh, you you should be so I just remembered what the epilogue is. You should be so happy. It's about them having a kid. You, sh- you should be that's what it always it. is that's what epilogues always are that's why i never read yeah. them i'm like oh they right. reached the pinnacle of their right. you know uh worth as humans they've had a child yeah. congratulations like yeah. <laughs> i i spend a lot of my life uh not being appreciated in various ways because i haven't procreated yet i don't need to be told that in an epilogue from a romance <laughs> novel mic drop the end i hope sarah mcclain <laughs> listens to this <laughs> sorry <laughs> i i got in a twitter discussion with sarah mcclain about whether epilogues <laughs> are worth it and that's my problem yeah. is i i just feel like you don't i don't know it's always involves kids and i don't i don't think that it needs to yeah sure like it can't be a true happily ever after until they pop a kid out that's my pro- that's my problem with epilogues is that's the subtext to me that i read into it is like don't worry guys they created a family and that's what right. we're all really for in the world yeah okay you know what if you don't have your belongings tack down with earthquake putty uh-huh it is a good idea to go out and get that earthquake putty and just do the work because we had the putty but we didn't use it in any form or fashion on any of our expensive art oh. we should have we done that because <laughs> there was a good you know whatever how long this thing was like 35 seconds where i was like crouched down in the doorway of my bathroom just being like listening to all the crashes throughout my house just being like 
What was that? What was that? Oh, what no. was that? Oh, God. Thousands of dollars are crashing all around my house right now. And all you need to do is put the putty right on the painting or on the whatever that's that's spindy yeah. in your house. And I don't know why I didn't do it. Don't worry. Almost all of those crashes were bottles of vinegar and candles and, you know, unimportant things. But I definitely was sitting there being like, why didn't I just grow the fuck up and like do some nail some book nail your bookcases to the walls guys like do the responsible yeah. thing if you live in an earthquake yeah, anchor zone. that shit yeah. yeah get earthquake insurance you know do the things you need to do because it can happen and that's the yeah, end of that totally can i just can i just tell you what rooster did in this earthquake yes please usually what rooster does in an earthquake is she tries to burrow into the carpet like the dummy that she is she tries to create uh-huh. a safe space by digging into carpet this one, it was, she knew that this was the big one. Aww. We were together in the bathroom. I'm putting my hair up for the day. She's sitting yeah. next to me on the floor. We're having a conversation. She's singing the theme song to her radio show. Well, no, the radio show's already been recorded. That's fine. Goats, oh, oh, sorry. Goats back asleep in the bedroom. They have a very early morning show that they do before anyone yeah. gets up in the house. <laughs> So we're just chatting about politics. You know, she's talking about how there's no collusion, you know, various rooster stuff. Witch hunt. She, (laughs) yeah. This starts, she looks at me, I look at her, we lock (laughs) eyes, and she Uh runs to the bedroom. Yeah, like a total bitch. (laughs) Everybody's out for the, like, we had a moment of eyes locked. What's going to happen here? Are we going to stay together or is it every bitch for herself? (laughs) And I moved to scoop her up to be like, we're in this together, bitch. We're together for this. Aaron and Rooster till the end. And she fucking darted off to safety. And I will never forget that. And then when the first aftershock happened, I'm in the living room trying to like clean up my shit. And aftershock happened, Goat jumps right into my arms and oh. Rooster tries, and I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> Get away from me. Yeah, uh No. <laughs> you abandoned me once. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will shout it loud and proud. I love Rooster more than I love Goat. Rooster and I go oh. way back. We're, yeah. I, listen, Rooster is a part of my soul at this point. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I cannot Ooh. forgive that. That was, I mean, we've had an awkward couple of days, because, like, she knows what I, happened. Yeah. <laughs> I bet she doesn't want to talk about it either. No, we haven't talked Jeez. about it. Yeah. Anyway. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know what? I have several lady loves that I've just been kind of writing down. But after this episode, I have one in particular that I just have to get off my chest. And that is, my lady love is, don't fucking take it anymore. That's... <laughs> <What>? <laughs> From who? Everybody? That's my lady love. Anyone. Fucking anyone. (sighs) Something happened in sort of a public place. Two things happened, actually, in the past week or so in public spaces where I definitely could have taken the polite route. But I think just between, like, reading this and, uh, you know, the world being on fire or whatever, I just couldn't do it. So one of them was um, a stranger in the park. I was with a few kids and um, people don't really know what to do with my son because even if he's like, even if they can't see that he has long hair, even if he's like fully decked out in blue because his grandmother does most of his 
clothes shopping Mm -hmm. and I don't care. They'll still look at him and often think he's a girl because he just has a really pretty face. Mm -hmm. Like he's, you know, he's still in that sort of chubby whatever. And and I don't care. So I never really, three things happened this week. Jesus. I never really (laughs) correct them. Right. And so, uh, because I honestly don't care and neither does he. Mm -hmm. So one of them was this guy um, it was in the same interaction, and this guy was like, first of all, he was like, whoa, you're going to be a heartbreaker talking to my two-and-a-half-year-olds, mm-hmm. and like, you got to make sure that the boys all, like, you got to make sure that you get presents out of the boys if you're, you know, when you're older, and like, you got to make sure to work them, um, mm-hmm. and all this really weird sexualizing manipulative stuff. That's weird, even if your child is a girl. That's weird. Thank you. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Three should then, have been like, my child is a boy, but he is gay, but th- so thank you for giving <laughs> <laughs> some advice. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, I looked at him and I was like, I don't know if that's appropriate talk for the playground. Mm hmm. And then he's standing there with somebody else and they were talking about my son and two other kids and they were talking about how they would be like boyfriend, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I finally just had enough and I looked up and I said, actually, I'd really appreciate it if you stopped sexualizing my child. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Because he's two. I don't <laughs> care what gender he is. They are toddlers. Get out of here. And so I didn't know these people. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm probably going to be Christmas time banter, that crazy lady who was like, stop the BPC <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> But that's fine. Yeah. And then I was at another place with actually can we, can a, a I, pretty. Can I interject yeah. with a story? Because it reminded me. <laughs> sure. This is just we're going to use the last hour of this three hour podcast for some stories. <laughs> <laughs> but my mother, this is probably when I was in like high school ish or something. But it was when like the Jinko jeans, like the big wide jeans were cool and stuff. Uh-huh. And my mom's trying to get me something for my birthday. So she's in like the, the teen area of like Bergner's or Kohl's or something sure. like that. Anyway, she is not familiar with the brand FUBU. Um, so she's looking at some FUBU gear for me. And okay. one of the ladies at the place was like, hey, what are you shopping for? And she's like, oh, I'm trying to find something cool for my daughter for her birthday, like some cool wide leg jeans or something. And she's uh-huh. like, oh, well, this brand isn't for your daughter. It's for black people. No. And my mother became indignant. She's <laughs> like, it stands for for us, by us, and it's just for blacks. And my mom was like, well, the- Sorry, I just love this story. Oh my god! She's like, well, then I will buy them for my daughter because she's black. And then she bought me like three <laughs> pairs of Fubu jeans. And she probably she's like, I'm sorry. And I'm like, well, I can't wear these. Like, I feel like the the you know it's gonna be like awkward. Like I'm trying to culturally appropriate if I show up at school with boo-boos. And she's like, yeah, but I can't. I couldn't not buy them because I was so mad at that store lady for saying that these jeans were for black people. <laughs> it was just, it was hilarious. So she probably dropped like 150 bucks on like FUBU gear just to be like, fuck That's you. Amazing. You don't yeah. know that my daughter is white. You don't know what families are about. And yeah. also you can't say that certain clothing is for certain colors of people. And she was so <laughs> mad. <laughs> anyway, it just reminded me of that to be like... Yeah. Anyway. All right. That's okay. Fabulous. Sorry. Continue. No, that's fine. And then later on, I was with somebody else and they, you know, really sort of jokingly were like, man, I'd do that if I was a pussy mm. or something like that. And I was like, 
Oh, oh, would you? Would you do that if you were a beautiful, accommodating sexual organ that 51% of the entire population has? Is that what you're saying to me? Um, so just don't take it anymore. If somebody says something that you don't agree with, don't feel like you need to be polite and acquiescent to their bullshit mm-hmm. because you don't. And I, I was fairly nice about it because this person... I do know and I know that they didn't mean it in that way. It's just like a it's a thing that they've grown up with and they didn't actually think about it. So we ended up having this really cool conversation where I was like, think about the implicitly misogynistic language that you come out with all the time. I just want you to think Mm -hmm. about it. Like even if it's not pussy, even if you're not maligning an actual part of my body Mm -hmm. by saying that it's somehow less than and it's icky and you don't want to be like it. Then think about any time you use the word sissy mm-hmm. or something similar where it's not a curse word, for example. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, you know, you're you're calling someone a cunt, even though I've long been on the side of back. like reclaim cunt. Yeah. Right. But I was like, you are allowed in my presence to say that something is so fucking cool, like that's so pussy or that's the tits. Like, that's fine. You can you can celebrate things to the rooftops using my genitalia. Mm-hmm. You may not, however, malign things by calling it feminine in right. my presence and get away with it. Mm-hmm. And so afterwards, they were like, man, I didn't even think about that. But you're so right. And mm-hmm. it was it was a cool like moment. And it turned into a really good experience. But I was just like, you know, I, I just want you to think about all of the times that we implicitly put down women in very casual ways Mm -hmm. and think about what that says, not only about you, but the way that you interact with women, think about what that says about what you think about your, your mom, think about, you know, like 51% of the population. Mm -hmm. So anyway, just don't fucking take it anymore. (laughs) Guys, you can be rude about it. If you want, you can be really polite about it. If you want, but don't feel like you need to take it because you don't ever. No. You never do. Mm-mm. That's my lady love. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. You can find us on all the places if you would like. And I yes. would like to see you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Instagram, you can find us at Heaving Bosoms. Twitter is at Heaving underscore Bosoms. Facebook is at Heaving Bosoms, the Heaving Bosoms podcast. We have an excellent group that my brother just posted in for the first time and that is the heaving bosoms geriatric friendship cult what did he post well i for christmas he just bought a house and so i got him sort of an early christmas housewarming gift Mm -hmm. i got him post poor companies werves scent oh nice yeah we should shout them out let's do that now at least we'll do it again too for christmas Yeah, friend and listener, pal of the podcast, Jennifer has Mm -hmm. a great organic soy candle making company. Oh, there he is. Yeah, called Post Pouring Company. Mm -hmm. Um, On Instagram, it's at Post Pour Co. And she has made a scent that is keep being a badass. She's made a lady love scent. Mm -hmm. And so far, she's also made a werves scent. Mm-hmm. And I think forthcoming at some point is going to be an England Times candle. Yes. And so 
check them out. They're awesome. They smell so good. And they're sort of like the perfect size. Mm -hmm. And I have some too, but they're trapped at UPS right now. Oh, no. So we only check that box like every couple weeks and then like then the earthquake happened and they're not open. Probably because all the boxes fell off the shelves. Probably. Oh, no. Yeah, everything's closed. She packaged it. So I will say that... Oh, 100% those candles are okay. I just mean that UPS is closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she also, she ships anywhere in the U.S. and it was all packaged incredibly well. It, Mm -hmm. It like, and she has a bunch of holiday scents. So, you know, check it out. She has an Etsy shop. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are all the things. Oh, and then email us if you want. And that is heavingbosomspodcast at gmail.com. Yay! And so, Erin. Yes? I would like for you to keep being a badass and love yourself as much as you love... You know what? And love yourself as much as you love discernible female orgasms. Yes, knowing... That definitely <laughs> you had one. Everyone had an orgasm. Yeah, that's knowing what, for yes. sure. Just the sentence, and then she had an orgasm. Love yourself <laughs> as much as you love that <laughs> sentence more than what happened here today. Yes, yes. All right, I love you. I Aaron. love you too. <laughs> All right, bye. bye. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.